need to get better Please make me better I want to get better 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 acquainted with you Hello, I'm Dave and I'm the person who puts all of this stuff together. Today we're going to be getting better acquainted with me again, I'm afraid. A bit more of me because I'm going to share with you true stories that I told recently at Spark London. Spark London is a true storytelling night that happens in different venues in London. I host the Hackney branch of that at the Hackney Attic on the second Monday of every month. The first one actually didn't even take place in London. It took place in Glasgow. And uh, I was delivering that story to an audience of people around about the age that I was at the beginning of the story that I was telling. It was a room full of students and young people. So it was a different kind of atmosphere and a different kind of experience telling that story. The theme is all in. And I'm looking down at an audience of people who look so, so young to me and feeling incredibly old so when I uh, went away to university uh, uh, 18 years ago I was quite damaged from like my teenage years I'd been really bullied at school you won't believe it right who'd bully me Um, and I was like the kid in the school that had the nickname that got spat on in the hallways that wasn't treated like a proper human being right that's what I was and so when I went to university, I went all in, right? I was like, I am going to be the most me ever, and I am going to like not give a fuck about anybody else. I'm just going to be so me. Being so me meant that I went all in on being a complete dick, right? So on the first kind of day of university, like at the first kind of proper work day, there'd been some fun before this, um, but on the first day, it was like 8.30 in the morning, right? And I was meeting the other people from my creative writing uh, workshop. So I was there with my back against the wall, a big, well, you don't even get them these days, but a big broadsheet newspaper, which used to exist, which kind of covered my entire, uh, you couldn't see me, basically. I was holding this newspaper up in front of me, and I was reading it. Um, And uh, this girl uh, came and kind of joined the group, and she was feeling awkward because it was the first day of university, and she was like, oh, it's quite early, isn't it? And I popped down the newspaper stuck my face over the the top of it, and went, I like to start every week with writing. (laughs) And, like, hid myself again. Um, So that is how uh, that girl, whose name was Jen, that's how she met me. Uh, And quite reasonably, she stopped thinking about me as soon as possible, right? I was a complete dick. Uh, and so she didn't really think about me that much. But, you know, you can't not think about someone completely if you're in a creative writing workshop with them every week. Uh, and so, you know, we, we kind of got to know each other and, like, I, I, I read her writing. I really liked it. Um, she read my writing. I don't know if she liked it or not. I can't remember. Um, but she uh, and me kind of became aware of each other a bit more as time went on. Um, so... I wanted to go all in with her uh, as soon as possible if I could work out how. So I, you know, I danced at her at a nightclub. Don't try that. 
It won't work. Well, it did kind of work for me, but it's still not something to do. Um, but I danced at her until she kind of like had to sort of dance near me. And then I kind of asked her for a, for a phone number. And I think to get rid of me, she gave me her phone number. The next day at sort of 7.30 in the morning, I rang her up on her phone. <laughs> Um, so she was quite kind of, well, she'd just been woken up, so she didn't really know what to do, so she just said yes to going on a date with me. Now, in the time between when I phoned her and when I went on that date with her, a weird thing that has never happened to me ever before or after in my life happened to me, which was there were two other women who were also kind of interested in me. So I kind of went to this date uh, in an unusually confident sort of frame of mind, um, but also it was very low stakes. Uh, so when, when I kind of met her for that date, she said, oh, I, you know, I just want to say... Uh, I actually don't want to go out with you, but we can go for a drink anyway. And I was like, brilliant, excellent. That sorts my problem out because uh, I had these three girls and now there's only two. That's great. Let's go for a drink. So we went for a drink. And the thing is, we didn't just have a drink. We also had a conversation and we just couldn't stop talking to each other and you know when the pub closed we carried on walking and we walked you know for a long chunk of the night and and at the end of that I sort of said to her you know what I know I said at the beginning of the night you know I had three girls but I'm not interested in anybody but you so uh, if you want to go out with me again that'd be great but I'm not going to be going out with any of those other people Um, and so yeah we did go out again uh, and you know again we we talked and we talked and we talked and that night we we had a kiss on a swing um, we which we fell off as soon as we kissed, which I think is romantic, but also as ridiculous as my life generally is. Um, and then, like, so, yeah, we went all in, right? So that was, like, uh, the, second ter- like the second term of university. Uh, so, we, you know, we've been together now for, for 17 years, uh, in, like, last Valentine's Day. So it, it was completely all in. I mean, I think we're not, we're not married. We've gone backwards and forwards about getting married, you know, like patriarchal institution, uh, don't want to do that, big party. I quite like big parties, but Jen does not want anybody to look at her, thank you very much. So, you know, we go backwards and forwards on that. So you could say we're not all in, but the the moment that I went completely all in with her was like a couple of years after we'd started going out. I remember it well. Uh, We went to university in Lancaster, so we were in front of the castle in Lancaster, if anyone knows it, and uh, I pulled out some grass from the uh, the earth. and like I gave her this piece of grass and I said I've got roots in you now and you've got roots in me now and like we're growing together I know it's very pretentious I was incredibly high um (laughs) but that said that was the moment when I feel like we kind of committed kind of long term Uh, but when you do have a 17 year relationship you know it's not easy all the time things go backwards and forwards and all of those kinds of things and so after 11 years uh, me and Jen had another conversation where we were like you know what we got together when we were you know I was 19 you were 18 and we haven't slept with other people and what could stop us from staying together for the rest of our lives and we realised that thing that would stop us from staying together was if one of us had an affair and had a secret and and slept with someone else in secret and so we decided to open up our relationship um and like I say that was six years ago so it has worked out quite well although I should say opening up your relationship does not mean you have any more sex than you're having it just means that you can uh, potentially have more sex than you're having if you want to uh and you've got the time 
which I very rarely have the time, but, you know, they, there it is. And so, yeah, like, we started that conversation back then, like, back 17 years ago, and we just, we haven't stopped this conversation. And this story, it doesn't really have an end, because I don't really want it to have an end uh, until the final end, and hopefully I'll die first. I am publishing a book through Unbound. Unbound are a publishing company, which means that they don't publish things that they don't think are good and that they edit and they support their authors. The thing that makes them different from other publishing companies is they're half publishing company and half crowdfunding company, which means that the way that the books get published is that people who want to read the books pre-order those books. They can pre-order them as a digital copy or as a hardback, or they can pledge more money to get different kinds of things along with the book that they're pre-ordering. Unbound approached me in December to see if I wanted to adapt my show What About the Men? Mansplaining Masculinity into a book and I said yes please I definitely would like to do that and so that is what I'm doing if you go to the Unbound website and there'll be a link to this in the show notes you can find Mansplaining Masculinity over there and pre-order a copy of that book the way that this book is going to get made is by people like you pre-ordering it and pledging to it and people like you telling other people about it sharing it on social media recommending it to other people those kinds of things you can find out what the book is fully about by reading about it on the page there's a video of me in a purple dress and fedora with my childhood toy dolphin telling you about what the book is about video is your preferred way to absorb information but basically mansplaining masculinity is about looking into myself and looking out at culture and thinking about how masculinity is constructed and created and how systematic elements contribute both to the ways that men are hurt by society but also the ways that men hurt other people in society it is not a book that says that men are the problem But it is a book that will say that we can be part of the solution. And if you want to get an idea of what it's like before you pledge to it, you can listen to a podcast of the show that it's adapted from on the website mansplainingmasculinity.co.uk. And also there was an episode of BBC Radio 4's Forethought called Liberating Men, which was a reflection on an extension of the show. So listen to those shows, see if you like what you hear, and if you do, then please do support and pledge to make mansplaining masculinity happen. So I don't know if... He was strictly speaking my rival because there's there's complicated things about being a rival. You have to kind of be at the same level and you kind of have to want to, to be achieving the same kinds of things. And I'm not sure that I was with John Cole, who I knew in secondary school. 
but I guess the best way I could have described him when I knew him uh, back when I was in year seven and year eight of Ernestford Grange uh, School and Community College in Coventry uh, was, I would have said, John Cole is a bastard. Right, And he really was a complete bastard. Now, I know I'm talking about a child, and now I'm an adult. I've got lots of more complicated feelings about uh, who John Cole was, but we're not going to talk about those feelings. I'm going to talk to you as if you know I'm talking about him when I knew him. So John Cole was a complete bastard. Now, I hated him for many reasons. One of the reasons I hated him was because he was incredibly beautiful. He was a very attractive uh, young man. Uh, I say young man. I was 11. Uh, he was 11, but he looked like a man. Uh, that was another reason I hated him. Uh, he was, you know, attractive and well-built and, uh, you know, muscular and all of the things that I wasn't. He was also a bully, like a physical bully, like violent to other people, like like the other boys were scared of him. And he was the first person I'd come across where there was a real gender divide in how people felt about him because boys were afraid of him, but girls were excited by him. And I'd never kind of met that kind of duality before in my life. I was like, what the fuck? I thought everything was nice and feminist, but now, no, the world's gone crazy all of a sudden. There's John Cole. He's a complete bastard and people love him for it and you know the a, a good example of how much of a bastard he was is we had to have PE uh you know and change uh in front of each other uh in that school at that time and so you know all of us you know pre-pubescent, just about pubescent boys were, you know, getting changed in front of each other. Uh, Not very many of us had any pubic hair. John Cole had lots of pubic hair, though. He had fucking tons of pubic hair. And he had a really big penis as well, which was also quite intimidating for everyone. It was more intimidating than that because he would thrust his big penis and his pubic hair around in the PE, uh, in the PE changing rooms and he would punch you in the face if you looked at his cock, right? Because he was super homophobic. Um, But he would parade it around so you had no fucking option but to look at his cock. And if you were me, you wear glasses and you're in the showers and you've taken your glasses off, you might just look like you're looking at his cock. You you can't see anything. Um, So... I hated John Cole. Now, around about that time, uh, I was, not, like, later in my school career, after I changed schools, I'd be massively bullied. But back then, uh, I wasn't. I was in the kind of middle. No one gave me any grief, but my, nobody thought I was cool. That's the kind of safest place to be in school. Um, but the thing that I did do that kind of made me a little bit mocked from time to time is... That secondary school had a pond, uh, like, where the kids hung out, right, bad architecture and what it meant is kids regularly fell in and what it meant if they were me is they fell in quite regularly because uh, I'm very clumsy. So two times in my first year I fell into the school pond like once just by walking and tripping uh, and one time I was trying to get a penny out of the uh, out of the kind of the, uh, the, the reeds and the kind of vegetation and uh, I ended up like falling head first into the, into the pond which was not 
the coolest thing. But the thing at least I could get from it was like, it was my thing, right? It was my thing. Well, it was my thing. But then one day we came to the school and the uh, bin, the big stone bin had been thrown into the middle of the pond. And suddenly this was a kind of moment where everyone suddenly cared about the pond. And I found myself sitting next to the pond, looking across and seeing John Cole come up to where the bin was and suddenly a crowd of people had all gathered around John Cole and everybody was like cheering at him and he was jumping across the water onto the stone bin standing and kind of like being really kind of Peter Pan cock-a-doodle-doo I'm amazing and then jumping back right and I remember this but I don't really remember it because I hated him so much and had such complicated feelings about him that I don't have a real memory of this because the way I remember it is I was the kid that the crowd was cheering and I was the kid that was jumping onto the stone and everyone thought was cool right and then uh, then suddenly I jump onto the stone and then uh, it spins round the bin spins round because they are cylindrical and the you know I fall into the water but that's not what happened John Cole fell into the water because I do remember what happened after that moment I remember going back into my own head right and realizing that when John Cole fell into the water everyone really cheered for him still and he became like the kind of like coolest kid in the year because he'd like done this kind of uh, anarchic act of jumping onto this bin and like falling into the water when everyone was looking at him so he kind of got the kind of crown of the falling into the water and I, I do feel that even though he's not exactly my rival I was never competing with him in some ways I think that ultimately the reason I got such weird uh, memory of this moment. The reason I don't even remember it from inside my own body is because I had a deep-seated kind of envy for him and everything that he represented as horrible as a lot of that stuff is. Like now, I don't want to be like John Cole. And in fact, I definitely don't want to be like John Cole because I, I have not heard that things have gone that well for him after he left school because that's the thing. The kids who are tough at school, the kids who might have have all the pubic hair at certain points uh, are not necessarily when it all shakes down they're not necessarily going to be the ones with the power and so now even though I go straight back to hating him anytime I think of him if I stop and I step away from that I don't hate him really I kind of just feel like sorry that I couldn't even let him have that kind of glorious moment because I had such complicated feelings about masculinity swimming around inside my own body. Spark True Stories is a podcast in its own right, so you can listen back to lots of people's stories and you can find out more about Spark and what we do at stories.co.uk. And I'm talking about Spark London a lot, but Spark isn't just something that happens in London. Spark Manchester has just started up. There's a Spark Preston. There's sometimes a Spark Bristol. There's sometimes a Spark Glasgow. So do look out for Spark events wherever you live in the country and if there isn't spark events where you are and you wish that there was then get in touch with us we're always looking to widen the spark family although it's like having an idea in a meeting if you have the idea then you'll have to be part of what makes that happen 
So I hope you enjoyed those stories. I've got a lot of interviews booked in and so Getting Better Acquainted will be returning to normal very soon. If you haven't listened to it before, if this is your first time, you should know that normally it isn't me standing on stage and talking to audiences. Normally it's me having conversations with people that I know from my closest friends and family to somebody who I might have once bumped into at a party. The last question that I ask my guests is... Do you have anything to plug? And since today I'm kind of my own guest, I'm going to plug my own stuff. So if you're interested in hearing about masculinity and what patriarchy does to men and to all people, if you go to the Unbound website, and there'll be a link to this in the show notes, you can find Mansplaining Masculinity over there and pre-order a copy of that book. Unbound is a kind of cross between a publishing company and a crowdfunding company, which means that the way that the books get published is that people who want to read the books pre-order those books they can pre-order them as a digital copy or as a hardback or they can pledge more money to get different kinds of things along with the book that they're pre-ordering you can find all of that stuff over on mansplainingmasculinity.co.uk if you're interested in reading about me and my dad and our relationship and dementia and memory and time and history and politics and love and friendship check out my essay series down to a sunless sea memories of my dad as well as making getting better acquainted i also co-produce and i guess star in the magical realist audio drama podcast the family tree in order to keep making it and to make season two as good as we want it to be we need your help so if you can afford to then please do consider signing up to our patreon appeal you can follow getting better acquainted on twitter at gba podcast you can like getting better acquainted on facebook and you can find getting better acquainted on itunes soundcloud those kind of places and the last thing that i ask my guests to do is to say goodbye to the audience so goodbye everybody and remember there are lots of ways to get better acquainted